Before long, if you're not careful, you'll be caught up in something like a riptide, you know, dragging you out into uh, a season of celebrations and traditions and expectations and all those things that just tend to get a hold of you and uh, can actually drag you down if you're not careful. And so this morning, thanks for um, Ashley's reading. Thanks to Zach for that great reading of that tweet. You know, that all the things that are heavy, all the things we battle have an expiration date. And really, as we think about hope this morning, that's what I want you to kind of keep in the back of your mind. The early church established Advent as a way for them to recenter and refocus their celebrations back on the person of Christ. Now, I don't think they had as many things to distract them, but they had a lot of things to distract them. And so they established Advent as a way to help them bring their worship back into focus on the person of Christ. And that's what we're going to do the next several weeks. And one of the things I was thinking of this week is that we use the word hope very flippantly, don't we? As a matter of fact, we use the word hope not in the context that Scripture uses hope. We use the word hope more as wishes, placing desires and expectations on things in such a high value that we have no certainty of them coming true, that we place the value on them so high that they affect our emotions, they affect our joy, and they affect our peace. And so this morning, I want to refocus our attention on what biblical hope is. And biblical hope is completely different than hope the way we use it every day. The hopeful way we use it is, I hope something happens. I have no expectation, well, I have an expectation, but I have no certainty that what I hope for will come to pass. I only hope, I wish, I desire something to happen. Biblical hope is just the opposite. It's a certainty of assurance. This morning we'll dig into that. But isn't it interesting that as we think about the hopes you might have during Christmas, you will place such a high value on traditions and ceremonies and people and dishes and gifts. Now let me just go on and on and on, but you'll put such a high value on those that if they don't come true, you're going to be discouraged. Some people will be in great despair over certain things. Unmet expectations that come from our hopes always lead to disappointment. Let me say it again. Unmet expectations that are tied to our hopes will always lead to despair and discouragement and disappointment. And so the thing we need to learn is let's make sure we have biblical hope placed in the right thing, which never discourages, 
which always comes true, which never changes, which always satisfies, because the expectations are proper. The expectations that you have point to the hopes and the desires and the things that form your affections. And so as you enter the Christmas season, it's right to pause and think about the Advent and say, wait, are my priorities in place? Am am I affectionate and have my hope in the right kinds of things? Because if we do, they're guaranteed to bring hope. They're guaranteed to bring love. They're guaranteed to bring peace. And they're guaranteed to bring joy. Placed in the right things, hope is 100% trustworthy. So what are the things that you've placed your hopes on this Christmas? Well, you've all started, whether you realize it or not. What are the hopes that you're already expecting to happen? And if they don't happen, you won't even be crushed. I remember back in 1987, my mother went into the hospital um, in August of that year. And she was in the hospital August, September, October, November, December, really sick. And it was Christmas Eve that uh, we were promised she'd get to come home for Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Man, we were pumped. My brother and I were excited. You know, all the things that we got to celebrate as a kid, what happened, we, Kim started making the food and my sister-in-law making the food and, you know, all the gifts and all the music and, gee, just getting to be with your mom after she'd been so sick. And it was Christmas morning at 4 a.m. <clears throat> that I get a phone call from my dad and said, the squad came, had to take your mom back to the hospital meet us at the hospital, this is pretty serious. And so I've got young kids, we get them up and we let them open a few gifts. We drive about two hours to the Lima hospital and we spend the whole day in the ICU. My mom going in and out of seizures and I just remember at the end of that day, in the evening, standing and looking out over the city of Lima and seeing houses with cars in the driveway and, you know, thinking of all the happiness that was happening. And I thought, there's got to be something more. There's got to be something more to Christmas. I'm about a year old as a Christian. And it was at that moment God was so gracious and so kind to remind me that hope placed in Christ never disappoints. Fast forward to 2013. We're spending Christmas with my son and my two grandkids and Ashley is with us. And we get another phone call. This time it's from Kim's brother. Hey, our dad's been put in the hospital. 
It's an eight-hour drive. I think you better get here. But this trip's different. Yeah, we missed all the celebrations that would take place. But our ride to Rochester, New York, eight hours, was really full of some joy. A lot of contentment. A lot of peace. Because we had a hope in Christ that grounded us that all his promises, all the things that we believed in the gospel were true. No missed ceremony, tradition could ever rob us of that. And so this morning, I don't know what you're hoping for at Christmas, but I know what my hope's in. And I hope to encourage you this morning for you to put your hope in those kinds of things. Let me give you a quick definition of biblical hope. Biblical hope is focusing on the promises of God. It is the gift of standing back and seeing all the pieces of the gospel story come true in the birth of Christ. It's looking back and reading your scriptures and believing the things that God said and knowing they came true when Christ became flesh and blood. It, it's the gift of knowing the immense love of God and that love that he has for you because he would become flesh and blood and would ultimately die so that hope would be secured. Biblical hope is confident assurance of God's promises and his promise of constant care for you because of Jesus Christ. The Old Testament, as Ronnie had mentioned this morning, is full of people with biblical hope desiring, waiting, expecting the long-awaited Messiah to come. Let me give you a few scripture verses. <clears throat> Psalm 130, verse 5. Here's what the psalmist writes. I wait for the Lord. My whole being waits. And in his word, I put my hope. You hear that? The psalmist, I wait for the Lord. My whole being waits. And in his word, I put my hope. Knowing the things that God had said would happen. You see the trust and the faith and the reliance on God from the psalmist? It wasn't on circumstances or on things that were unsure to happen. No, he has a confident assurance in God that what he said will happen. Hope is certainty and trust in God. Let me give you another one. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 7. Here's what it says. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord. Trust and hope go hand in hand. Trust and hope work together. 
They support each other. And, and trust and hope set our expectations on the thing that is unbreakable, unshakable, unchangeable, and that's Christ. Now let me say this very quickly. The traditions and the things that you're going to celebrate aren't necessarily bad. I don't want you to walk away thinking, oh boy, I don't want to hope that the Christmas cookies I get won't happen. I, I, I've got plenty of hopes like that. You know, I didn't get this physique by not hoping for those kinds of things. <clears throat> but the key is, will they find their proper place in Christmas? Will the, will the expectations you have be proper in that they are focused in the hope of Christ? Because you see, if we, well, we gather and we sing and we put play, uh, expectations on people and traditions and gatherings that we cannot guarantee will happen, you set yourself up for disappointment. They'll be like the gifts that you give that are electronic that you forget to buy batteries for. Your kids open them and they look, what do I do with this? It doesn't work. It's empty. It'll be like that for our celebrations if Christ is not the hope. Biblical hope is a person. It's Christ. We sang about it this morning. The third song said, my only hope is found in Jesus. So let's take a couple minutes, dig into scripture. We'll be in Hebrews chapter 10. If you make your way there, we use the ESV version. So you can use your phone or your tablet or your Bible. I ask you to make your way there. Let me set this up to say that the reminder we need, again, is about Christ. Because hope is a person, that's Jesus. And our deepest and truest need in life is to know God. Our deepest and truest need in life is to be reconciled to God. Our deepest and truest need in life is to be able to walk with God again. Because our sin has broken that relationship. And so no Christmas cookies that go stale. No trees that lose their needles. No family gatherings that go bust. Can ever replace or fulfill our deepest need and longing. So hopefully you're there now. Hebrews chapter 10, we're going to look at verses, <clears throat> excuse me, 19 through 23. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. 
let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is what? Faithful. In these verses, <clears throat> we're going to work backwards because I want you to kind of keep in your mind verse 23. What is the confession of our hope that the writer of Hebrews is getting to? What is it that he wants to center us on that is the confession and assurance of our hope? Well, let's jump back to verse 19 and begin to look at the things that the writer says will give you confidence, will give you a strong, assured confession of faith. Verse 19, therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, we now can approach God with full confidence because Jesus becomes incarnate at Christmas. We now approach God with full confidence of being accepted because of Christ. Now, Hebrews chapter 1 Verse 1 says this, long ago, at many times, in many ways, God spoke to us through the prophets. All these things pointing to God's gospel plan, all long ago, God spoke to us through the prophets, and it says this, now, now. He has spoken to us through his son, the final word, the fulfillment of all that has been spoken of before. So verse 19, when it says, we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, the writer begins Hebrews by saying, all the things that were prophesied, all the things that were spoken of now have happened. And now he speaks to us through Christ. Nothing left to say, really. It's all found in the gospel and in through Christ. Jesus' life and his death and his resurrection provides the atonement, provides the forgiveness we need so that we now can have confidence to approach God. Because Christ became man, that's what we begin to celebrate at Christmas. Because Christ became man, our hope, our certainty of our faith is secure. It's not a hope so. It's not I wish it would happen. It's not maybe it'll happen, maybe it won't happen. No, because Christ came, because Christ lived, because Christ died, we have full assurance of faith. What's that assurance? We have assurance to enter the holy places. Assurance to come before the living God because we have full access now to God. You've been getting access to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords because Christ came. We have open access because Jesus appeared and now appears on our behalf. And so you can come before God with, without fear if you're a believer. Hebrews chapter nine, verse 12 says, Jesus entered once for all into the holy places. Now this is gonna be a reference back to 
the Old Testament practice before Christ comes of having priests going to the temple and offer sacrifices over and over and over again. Matter of fact, Hebrews talks about those things being unable to forgive sins. They can only cover sins temporarily. But now, in verse 19, it says, Jesus goes before God on our behalf one time, no more time is needed. Verse 20, let's jump down there. It says, he entered by a new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, his flesh. And therefore, we have a great priest over the house of God. This new and living way refers to Christ. Jesus is the active and perseverant high priest who made the one-time sacrifice for sin and now stands before God on believers' behalf proclaiming your sons, your daughters. Not a, I hope so. Not a, maybe. That's hope. That's biblical hope. Verse uh, 12 of chapter 9, as I referred to a minute ago, goes on to say, he entered by the means of his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. Now, what's the word eternal mean? What does it mean? It means forever. So, so Christ entering on our behalf secures hope. Because it's not a short-term thing here. It's forever and ever and ever. We have hope because Jesus now intercedes for us and says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you what? I'll give you rest. Rest for your souls, Jesus said. Verse 21 goes on to say this, why we have hope and how we know what hope is. Says um, verse 21 and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, I'll pause for a moment and remember the high priest's duty to care for, to oversee all the ministry that takes place in the temple. We have a Christian church today because of Christ. We have Christmas today because of Christ. No Christ, no Christmas. No Christ, no Christian church. We're stuck in the Old Testament temples, right? Hoping a high priest could go in and make some court of covering for sin. No, Jesus is the great high priest right now over the house of God. His duties, his work, his intervention needs never be repeated. Therefore, your faith is secure. That's hope. Verse 22 says this. Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith with our hearts being sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. We now draw near to God with full assurance of faith. Our hope and our trust is in Christ so that we can draw near with full assurance. Hebrews 10, 18 says this. 
where there is forgiveness of these things, meaning sin, meaning contained in the person and work of Christ, there's no longer any offering for sin. It's done. We have full assurance to draw close to God because of Christ. Now, what are the things that you add to your faith to try and say, well, maybe I need a little more? There's something else I need to give me full assurance. Maybe it's some self-righteous things you get trapped in. We all do it. But you know what's funny about that? Whenever we try to add to the work of Christ, hoping God will be happier with us, hoping God will make sure he forgives us, destroys hope. It removes hope, a certainty, because now it places any kind of hope on you rather than Christ. We have to be reminded during the Advent season of the coming of Christ because hope is a certainty. Hope has been settled. He goes on to say in verse 22, we have clean consciences. Consciences. That's hard to say. Clean consciences. Uh, Because Jesus' blood purifies us and covers us. Again, not something to be repeated, but something that has happened for Christians. Christ is our hope because he's the one-time, all-sufficient sacrifice on behalf of believers. Verse 22 also says, having bodies washed with pure water. Now, it's most probably a reference to baptism. Let me just say this. We practice baptism. We emphasize baptism in the church because it reminds the person being baptized as well as all of us who watch people being baptized of our hope. It's important. It's a personal statement and testimony that my hope is in Christ. If you've never been here for baptism in our stock tank, you're missing a great thing. Verse 23, here's what we need to do with all that the writer of Hebrews has said. We're to hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. We're to hold fast, grip tightly, grasping without letting go your hope in Christ. I started this morning by saying we're going to be flooded with all kinds of temptations for you to place expectations on people, traditions, and events. Okay, celebrate them, but don't put your hope in those because you'll be disappointed. Hold fast to the person of Christ because he who promised Jesus is faithful. Every one of our theological truths that we know about as believers is secured in Christ. Our justification, our redemption, our reconciliation, our restoration. Not a maybe, not a hope so, it's a yes so. 
And Christ, and Christ alone gives us the certainty of our faith. Biblical hope is secure because God is trustworthy. He is faithful in all he says and all he does. Ever think about that? There's never a hope so with God. Never a, maybe that'll happen, maybe it won't. Hebrews chapter 6, verses uh, 17 and 18 says this. Two things that are foundational to biblical hope. That doesn't say that. Here's what it says. The promises of God are true and fulfilled because it is impossible for God to lie. Let that sink in for a minute. Two things. God is true and everything he said is fulfilled because it's impossible for God to lie. So when we read scripture and it says there will be a Messiah who came, it's impossible for God to lie, it happened. You get that? It, it happened. When, when it, we read scripture and it says the Holy Spirit now lives in us, dwells within us, equips us, encourages us, convicts us, it, it's true. God can't lie. When we read scripture and it says one day Christ will return again, that's part of the Advent hope, it will happen. It's not a maybe. Because God cannot lie. Listen to a couple of the scripture verses we read at Christmas. Luke chapter 2. Angels appeared to the shepherds proclaiming this. Fear not and behold, we bring good news of great joy that is for all people. A savior is born in the city of David who is Christ the Lord. A quick reference back to Micah chapter 5, verse 2. Where would the Savior be born? The city of David, Bethlehem. Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. An angel speaks to Joseph, Mary's husband, proclaiming the child she carries is to be called Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. A reference back to Isaiah chapter 53. John chapter 1, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And so all that God has promised has come true. All God promises for the future will come true. Our hope is a certainty, not a hope so. The confession of our hope is remembering that Jesus is the long-awaited and promised Messiah. It is the fact that Jesus arrived to provide forgiveness of sins and reconciliation with God. Hold fast to that confession of hope this Christmas. And your celebrations will be joy-filled. They will be peaceful. And they will be fulfilling. So three very quick thoughts about how do we hold fast. What are three things we can do to stay focused, to be reminded of the things just like the early church instituted? First, look for ways to celebrate the real Jesus that provides hope. Look for ways to make sure Christ is the thing. Not an add-on, not an extra, but make sure Christ is it. 
One of the things we did with our kids when they were young, um, very young, is that on Christmas Eve, we open one gift and it's a spiritual gift. We do it with our grandkids now, that each person gets a spiritual gift because it reminds us that Christmas is about Christ. And so usually each year, one of uh, my kids, and this year will be one of my grandkids, I journal a book of the Bible. They get that. We've gotten them Bibles. We've gotten them devotionals. And we read the Christmas story, and we're reminded that all the chaos that'll happen in the morning with flying wrapping paper has to be couched back in Christ. So look for ways to make sure you're pointing yourself and your family and your friends back to who Christ is. Listen to the words of the Christmas songs you sing. What a better way to be reminded of the hope that we have. Second, look out for the things that are going to tempt you uh, to put hope in. Look out for those things that are going to tempt you. You can celebrate all the things that you enjoy without placing hope in them, right? You, you can do that. You can celebrate and enjoy all kinds of things without placing hope. Don't expect things to satisfy you at Christmas that only Christ can do. Give traditions their proper place. Don't place your happiness and your joy in things that cannot fill your deepest longings. So guard your hearts. Be careful. And third, look for ways to share your confession of hope. 1 Peter 3.15 says this, always be ready to give an answer for the hope you have. You know, Christmas provides so many opportunities for you to give an answer for the hope you have. Look for ways to do that. You're going to encounter many who have misplaced hopes and expectations. You're going to have people that are, have their expectations dashed and therefore they're going to be disappointed. Look for ways to share the reason and the source of your hope. And for yourself, don't forget Hebrews chapter 9, verses 20 through, through 28. You can read it later. It says this, that Jesus has appeared, and Jesus now appears, so you have hope, and one day Jesus will appear. And so place your hopes proper in that returning of Christ. Set your hearts on Jesus Advent, the biblical hope, Emmanuel, God with us, the long-awaited Messiah who will save us from our sins has arrived. We have hope. God promised it, and we have seen it. Now in hope, we wait for Jesus' next appearing. Hope, rooted in Christ. Christmas reminds us and refocuses us on that very thing. Look back. Look back and see that all God promised has come true to this point. Look forward with expectation of what God will do next when he returns, when Christ returns. Look up in hope 
That if you're a believer in Christ, you've been forgiven, and now you have the Holy Spirit that lives in you, reminding you of your hope. Let's pray. Lord, thanks this morning. Thank you that uh, what we have true hope in is a settled thing. Thank you that, Jesus, you secure our hope. You settle our hope. You remind us through your life, your death, and your resurrection that we need not fear the future. And really, we need not fear the present. Help us this Christmas season to have biblical hope. Guard our hearts from misplaced hope that would bring wrong expectations. Help us to rejoice. Help us to have peace. Help us to live in love. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.